the Andrew Tates of the world, yeah. you know, when they're selling their product, I don't think there is that nuance. No, no. Right? So the young men are basically hearing you know, it's either, you know, totally feminization yeah. and, uh, you know, being a cuck or being a simp. Yeah. Or it's, it's black and white. Man, black and white. Yeah. And black and white very rarely works well. Welcome to this rounds table edition of Awake at the Wheel. So today we're going to be discussing one of the most controversial people out there, Andrew Tate. So if you haven't heard of this person, um, there's a lot of content on the internet uh, where he is speaking predominantly to young men about how to be a man. Some people agree with it. Some people disagree with it. In our clinical practices, our clients have brought him up and aren't sure really what to make of him. So Oren, what are some things that you've heard about Andrew Tate from your patients? Well, so many of my, the young male patients I have, it's almost like they look over their shoulders, make sure it's safe. And they say, look, I don't agree with everything he says. I don't agree with his attitude necessarily. They say, but a lot of stuff he says makes sense. And they say, I can understand why so many young men would look to him as a role model. And it's tough because I think that young women and you know women in general look at him as a misogynist and frankly, just gross. and. I was unsure of what I really thought of the guy. Um, I know at Christmas time, actually, we had a discussion. I said, who is this Andrew Tate something something? And I'll leave out the uh, description there. But he he has this this aura of arrogance to him. But in the spirit of critical thinking, which is something that, you know, that I love doing, I've been listening to some of his things that he has to say. And although I'm not a huge fan of him as a human being, um, I think I'll agree that a lot of what he has to say has some merit and some value, um, especially when it comes to toughness and perseverance and, and things such as that, and just not being soft, I guess. Right. And knowing your worth, knowing your value. I think that's what he's really promoting if we take him in the most generous manner. Um, but it's hard because, you know, I am reading the body language. I'm, uh, I'm reading between the lines and there's just something about it where I just see manipulation. Mm -hmm. I can't help it. And, and I know some background story with some of the programs they sold men. Yeah. So I can't help but see the grifter behind all of this. Yeah. So again, I hear the words. It's hard to, you know, to, to, to hear, pure, uh, hear them purely. And one of the challenges with social media in general is a lot of things are taken out of context. How some of the stuff that we've said has been taken out of context already. So that's a really important thing is for us to, you know, take what we're seeing with a grain of salt, because I've also listened to him speaking directly about, you know, what his goal is and what his message is. And it, sounds like he's not trying to grift people. It sounds like he genuinely wants to help. I'm not sure if I'm convinced, but that seems to be the message he's trying to put out there. And I've seen that with so many people over the last number of years where this image of them is one thing. And then you hear them talk, you hear them elaborate on these uh, talking points that other people have used to try to you know, denigrate them. And you go, you know, it makes sense. And maybe I give them the benefit of the doubt. And it sounds like their motives may be, let's say, less um, dubious than uh, then it seems at first, but with Andrew Tate, I just have such a hard time giving him that benefit of the doubt. But once again, a, I understand why men would gravitate toward him or, or his messages and B, as you said, there is some value to these messages. Know your worth, work hard, persevere, and don't let people take advantage of you. 
But I'm suspicious too, just as you are. So what do you think some of the things that men are gravitating towards, specifically young men? So the broader is, you know, know your worth, know your value. But what about the the nuances of what he's saying? Why why are men gravitating towards that? Well, they're gravitating toward it because there's been such a feminization of society. So many men, and sadly, it's white men, because very rarely do you hear someone say, blah, 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 men. They say white men. And the majority of people, at least in uh, North America, are white men. So they're being, pardon the language, shit upon mm -hmm. by all facets of society, in the media, especially in, in school. And so they're, A, they're seeing somebody stand up to that. He's not taking it. He's, you know, he's, he's leading the charge, so to speak. B, they see a man living on his own terms, living the, you know, the lavish life. That's, that's been the, you know, the selling point for so many decades, right? You know, you can live the life like I, like there was that guy, I forget, uh, the Asian guy who used to be on the boat. Then you say, you can have all this, and, yeah. right? Like it's always selling this dream. Yeah. And that's a big part of what Andrew's selling. But C, again, it's this idea that, and this is the part I don't like, it's a real us versus them mentality yeah. that people are seeing. Men versus women, yeah. rather than men working together with mm -hmm. women, men navigating women, uh, just being able to have more harmony. So I see a lot of disharmony in that. Yeah. So I want to talk about two things there. First, I think you need to clarify what you mean by the feminization of society, because right. um, I think that that, you know, could be taken the wrong way. And I want to talk about point C as well, where it's become an us versus them um, through messages like that. Whereas in reality, like we've spoken about before, it's not us versus them. It's, it's human beings working together. Right. So what do you mean by the feminization of society? Well, I'm going to be even more specific because I've had a number of patients who happen to also be psychology grad students. Uh, either undergrad or grad students, and they're calling it the feminization of psychology mm. as well. So uh, what they, what they mean, and what I can see, what they mean is that so um, let's say traditional male traits like stoicism, perseverance, leadership, protecting, taking charge, all of those seem to be uh, toxified. It's not they they even the American Psychiatric Association, and I think it was uh, two thousand, uh, I think it was nineteen or 18, where they came up with a policy paper on how to work with men and boys, they basically said that traditional masculinity harms males mm -hmm. and society. Yeah. Not toxic, traditional masculinity, yeah. uh, like those terms. Yeah. So um, so this, the de-emphasizing, not only de-emphasizing, but the, um, let's say, the denigrating of these strong traits is part of it. And then on the flip side, and we're using the word feminization, but the fact is, th these are just words that have, have been ascribed to these types of traits, principles, ethoses, which is um, basically the feminization would be, uh, in, in the healthy way, it would be compassion. Mm -hmm. It would be harmony, working together, empathy, um, you know, uh, comfort, you know, let's say nurturing people. That would be the healthy part of it. But what they're seeing is that those, the so-called compassion comes at a cost. Um, if you abide by these types of expectations then you get compassion but if you don't oh there's, there's there's no compassion then then you get basically excluded you get shunned yeah. so that's one uh example of the feminization right and i think that like anything an extreme of masculinity or extreme of femininity can be you know toxic or negative or whatever you want to call it um but developing that harmony of the two is is the goal um and to your point about graduate students noticing um the feminization of our profession uh, it's interesting because I think that I completed my graduate studies before perhaps this larger shift took place. But I remember a supervisor um, posing to the class um, the question of, can we as psychotherapists cry 
with our clients. Mm -hmm. And I sat back and I thought like, what the hell? No, of course not. We can't do that. But the answer that was provided to the class was, of course we can. If we can laugh with our clients, we can cry with our clients because that's, you know, compassionate and caring. And that shows them that we really care. And I remember I took this to another supervisor for clarification because I, I felt like an alien that I wasn't seeing it that way at all. And this more old school psychologist gave me the thoughts of, no, our job is to keep the game face on. When you go in, that client needs your support and they don't need you falling apart. So it's tricky because on the one hand, I can understand showing that increased level of compassion, but I tend to lean more towards the idea of, no, like our job is to be there and be tough. Right. And when you say be tough, we are modeling toughness. We're yes. containing the person's negative experience. We're allowing them to feel the sadness, the hurt, the betrayal, yeah. the anger, whatever else. And we're saying, let it out. And, and we anchor them, though, is the thing with that's our it. toughness. We anchor, yes, yeah. exactly. And we anchor, we contain them. Yeah. And again, we model for them that we can show, like I've shown patients, I've said, you know, I'm hearing this, it makes me upset. Or I yeah. say, I really feel bad for you. That course, really yeah. sucks, right? Yeah. But they see that strength inside of me and they see me trying to, you know, encourage them to embody that as well. Yeah. And just, you know, to that point, I've had several, they're always female patients who told me, um, apropos of nothing I said, that, you know, that they had an experience where the therapist cried. Yeah. It's always a woman, never a man. And they said, I never came back. They yeah. were disgusted. Yeah. They were shaken up. And they said, wait, no, you, as you said, well, yeah. you need to be my rock, my yeah. anchor. Yeah. And it really, really shook them up. And then I posed that question to my class for the last 20 years, basically, or 15, 20 years. And I've had so many students say it happened to them as well. Yeah. And they all had the negative reaction. Now, when asked the, uh, the students, a lot of the students will say, oh, that's compassionate, mm -hmm. whatever, before I, you know, I just ask them, what would you think of that? Yeah. But the people who had it, Every single one, bar none. I've never had a student tell me, no, no, I really appreciated it. Yeah. And I'll, I'll use a client's words here. So not to blow smoke up my own ass here, but he's a first responder and many first responders have brought the same feedback to us and to our clinic that they find when they have sought services elsewhere, there is this excessively soft therapy and, you know, sure, time and a place for it, different type of clientele may respond to it, but Generally speaking, that's not the method that first responders need. And interestingly, now is the time that first responders are finding um, finally the level of comfort and empowerment to be able to seek psychological services and therapy. So I feel there's a big dichotomy happening here where these, again, these tough men and women are coming to get help with, you know, the, the horrific things that they've experienced, but they're not getting what they need through this softer method of therapy. Right. And Something else to that, when I work with couples or when I work with somebody who has been in couples therapy, that as well, and it's interesting because, you know, as much as our profession is trying to, let's say, shut down or shift away from the traditional masculine uh, roles, and they'll probably deny that. Mm -hmm. But again, you look at the literature, it's quite clear that's what they're doing. Yeah. I, when, when they go into couples therapy or family therapy, they say that the therapist was really taking, a again, a very feminine or female oriented approach mm -hmm. and are trying to put a square peg into a round, you know, into a round hole, sorry, right. whatever, you know, yeah. right. It doesn't fit. And they're not the, the therapist him or herself is not adapting yes. to the person. Yeah. And so the person feels that they're be, you know, they're, they're being made to feel inferior, even if the therapist uses language like, you know, I'm not judging and, you know, and they're trying to put the nice words. There's still a sentiment yeah. that this is the right way to do it. You mm -hmm. have to be more compassionate or whatever. Uh, you know, how about 
letting making the other person or encouraging the other person to toughen up. Yeah. Maybe, right? Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. don't take everything so sensitive sensitively yeah. and so personally. Yeah. And that that word there, adaptability, you say it to your supervisees, I do to to mine. And it's it's such an important thing in our profession to have that degree of adaptability. And I've said it before in a previous podcast, meeting the client where they are. It's so important for us to understand what works for them and what doesn't. And we can't go in with this presupposition that, you know, this way is going to work and this is what they need. Right. And you and I are talking about this with nuance. Yeah. And the the Andrew Tates of the world, yeah. you, you know, when they're selling their product, I don't think there is that nuance. No, no. Right. So the young men are basically hearing you know, it's either, you know, totally feminization yeah. and, uh, you know, being a cuck or being a simp. Yeah. Or it's, it's black and white, man, black and white yeah. and black and white very rarely works well. Yeah. So again, as you said earlier, it's, it's like trying to find the balance because uh, we all have our ma masculine and our feminine sides, our animus mm -hmm. and the anima. And as Carl Jung said many years ago, if you're too far on, if any male or female is too far on one or the other, it's not healthy. You need that balance. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to point C that you made earlier as far as what the general repercussions are of men receiving this really black and white message. Um, I want to share an example, but first talk a little bit about what you're seeing maybe firsthand either with students or with patients in terms of like, what do they do with this, this really black and white thought? Well, so here's the thing. Um, when I hear from the males, I hear a lot of, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. I'm being told to act a certain way. Let's say I have to be more compassionate, soft, empathetic. And they say, but wait, I'm going to a club. I'm looking at you know, these YouTube videos or whatever, and I'm seeing the opposite of that. I'm being told by, you know, these people who, are, who seem like they have it all that no, women want that strong man, right? But then when I try to be strong, then I'm put in my place or then I'm being told that it's toxic masculinity or something. So I am seeing so many young men who are confused with what women want. And, uh, you know, today, in these days, people, there are far fewer opportunities, especially after COVID and during COVID, um, to meet organically. So they're meeting people online. And so they're trying to put on a persona and they're trying, they're having a really hard time trying to navigate again. Do I go strong? Do I go soft? And so I'm just seeing a lot of anxiety, mm -hmm. a lot of um, basically desperation because yeah. they're too young to be thinking I'm going to die alone. But that's what a lot of, I mean, that, that's just in general, I've said mm -hmm. this to so many students, I've had so many patients, they don't outright just say it out of the blue, but when we're doing therapy, when we're exploring you know, their, their deeper thoughts and their core beliefs and so on, the fear of dying alone. Yeah. It's, it's a common theme and I'm hearing it more and more these days. I'm hearing a lot of desperation. And so what I see is, and here's the sad part, a lot of men who either they've tried a little bit and they haven't had success or they're so intimidated because either they don't know how to act the way the women want, mm -hmm. or they don't think they can measure up to these alpha males that are right, out there. Right. I mean, these alpha males are hyper alpha, alpha males sometimes. You know, they can be six foot six, jack, yeah. lots of money, right? It's just so scary for them because yeah. once again, they're not out in the real world that much. It's more online. So they're afraid to do that. Right. So what do I see? I see more and more men, young men and boys just giving up. They retreat into, um, into video games. It sounds like a cliche but it's happening more mm -hmm. frequently, mm -hmm. right? And their whole social relations, the social circles are online. Guys gaming on Discord, which whatever they're doing. Yeah. And, and that's, that's their life right now. Yeah. yeah, so I want to expand upon what you said there. And specifically, you said that these messages interfere with men knowing what women want. I'm going to challenge that by saying men don't know what men want because mm. of these confusing messages. So I said I was going to share an example. So um, this is with the permission of my friend to share this. Um, beautiful woman. She's literally a model. She's very high achieving, very intelligent, 
very feminine in many ways. Um, but she's single and she, you know, as is typical these days, she uses dating apps to, to try to find, uh, you know, the right match for her. So recently she met this individual online and they were speaking briefly and they ended up switching from talking on the app to talking on the phone. It was a 17 minute phone call before she hung up on him. Um, because in addition to being a beautiful, ambitious model, she's also ex-military, an aspiring police officer, right. a bodybuilder like champion bodybuilder um, at the top of her game in many ways. And it then devolved into a conversation of how he, quote, feels sorry for her future children that she probably won't have because she's so career focused. Um, Something terrible must have happened to you in your childhood if you're choosing these very masculine professions. And on and on and on, just completely degrading the, the strong woman that she is. And as soon as she told me about this, the first person I thought of was, I bet you this guy's an Andrew Tate fan. Right. Because that's the mangling of the message that he is sending out to men. Right. And it's funny you say that because, uh, you know, you're saying, what am I hearing? I, I said what I heard from the male side, from the female side, let's say from late teens to uh, into the 30s and even 40s. I have never heard so many people say this. And I know what it is. I'll tell you in a second. Um, and even my daughter, now she's got a boyfriend, but before when she was dating, she would say the exact same things, which is, it's what made these guys think yeah. that they should say what they're saying? Yeah. And what they're saying is oftentimes they're just bragging about themselves. Yeah. Because again, Andrew Tate's about, you know, show your worth. Well, show it through, let's say, tact. Mm -hmm. Show it through, um, through action, through, you know, not through bragging yeah. about yourself, number one. Yeah. They complain about all these women who want this or that. Like they're just, again, they're reciting from the Andrew Tate playbook yeah. they're, they're, and they're telling a woman all these negative traits. Now they believe that if I can swing it at the end and say, well, but thankfully you're not like them, mm -hmm. but you've turned them off. They've seen oh, like yeah. a misogynist at this Absolutely. point. Right. So again, it's, th there's a playbook there and it seems like the playbook is redacted. Yeah. And so these guys are only picking and choosing a few uh, parts of it and it's yeah. not playing out well. And it, it's ugly. It would be funny, but mm -hmm. you know, it, it's, it's, let's say it's de um, demoralizing yeah. for, uh, you know, for the female and then the males come, going away thinking, I can't believe, you know, like there's another woman as right. opposed to let's, what's wrong with what I'm doing. Yeah. There's some other, I mean, I mean, excuse being mindful of my language. Mm -hmm. And by the way, on the side note, what I, when, when my daughter came home and she said that, so for example, one time she said that this guy, he seemed really nice. He was intelligent, good looking, but he monopolized the conversation. Yeah. I said, well, I've raised all three. I think I said this before in another podcast. I've raised all three, three of my daughters to be strong, independent, you know, compassionate, good people, yeah. not women. Right. And so I said to her, I said, look, it's your job to interject. You know, like you can't just expect them to ask all these questions. It'd be nice if you did. But and she said, I tried. Yeah. She said, I gave up after like five times. Ugh. So what I said to her was, I said, send him a message, you know, basically telling him what happened. Mm -hmm. Right. Don't, don't chastise him. Don't insult him. Just be neutral, objective, respectful. Take the high road. And with every guy that she did that to, yeah. they were all actually like, they all, they were apologetic. Mm -hmm. These guys were alpha males. My, yeah. my daughter's a very attractive, uh, you know, intelligent, uh, put, well put together person. Yeah. So she's, you know, going out with these guys and they all apologized. Mm -hmm. um, some of them tried to, you know, like, can we do it again? Others said, look, I'm really sorry if you, you know, they said I was anxious. I wasn't quite sure and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And so again, instead of attacking them, instead of trying to, you know, uh, castrate them, yeah. she worked with them. And, you know, and she went on some dates, like future dates with some of them who she thought maybe had some uh, value to them. Yeah. Um, with others, she you know chose not to. But the point is, is she was trying to educate yeah. and it was done in such a nice way because if she had said anything else, 
they would have just said the most ugly things to yeah. her and they wouldn't have they wouldn't have learned anything yeah yeah and it's it's scary from my perspective with having a son um who's 11 similar in age to your youngest daughter the the age that they're kind of growing up in with these confusing messages and they're getting to the age where you know dating and and all of that's going to start happening and my son has relayed to us that people in his grade six class are parroting some of these Andrew Tate type right. messages. Um, so thankfully, we have a very open dialogue with our son and uh, have talked to him about, you know, the idea of toxic masculinity and what it actually means. And it's not just a term we throw around. Um, he's actually asked, like, what's an alpha male? What does that mean? So thankfully, he's able to ask these questions and think critically. But I worry about the others in his class who, again, at the age of 11, right think that this is the way to behave. Yeah. And again, when there's a lack of healthy models, yeah. when men are afraid to be men, you get your Andrew Tates. Yeah. And pe some people might say he's the pinnacle of man, but he's not. No. <laughs> he really yeah. is not. And now the interesting thing is with all these attempts to take him down, I don't know what the truth is. Yeah. I've, I've tried to, you know, hear about this case and um, I think that these were trumped up charges. Yeah. I, you know, um, I don't think he did what he's accused of doing. I think he's smart enough not to do that um, as blatantly as they're claiming he's doing. Right. But so it's interesting that if there is a takedown, we have to think, you know, why are people so afraid of this kind of messaging? Now, again, it's ugly messaging, yeah. but what about the good parts of it? And interestingly, I think it was 2004, maybe I could be wrong. 2004, 2005, uh, the, the book, um, it was um, the game. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was the, the, I think the secret world of pickup artists mm. and it was written by, um, I think Neil something, and he was from, uh, the Rolling Stone and, um, he, it was actually interestingly enough, uh, the, this character in the game mystery, he was someone from Toronto. And, um, so in this book, it basically, and, and by the way, when I was teaching human sexuality, every term I would ask people who's heard of the game at first it was a couple of males. Yeah. Then it became like more and more, like every male had heard of it very few females. And then it got to the point where um, after a number of years, it kind of died down and all the females had heard of it, but the very few males had. But the point of the game was, and I told my patients as well, my male patients who felt they didn't have game. Yeah. I said, read the book. I said, and take the good things from it about confidence. There were te uh, techniques that you can use. And I, I had been teaching these in my class before the game ever came out. Kudos to them for making millions of dollars yeah. off of it. Right? Um, but I was teaching the same things to my students mm -hmm. uh, because these were fun games they were engaging games yeah. uh it was using psychology to be able to get people to want to talk to you and get right. to know you right? right that was all great but the underlying message of the game was um and the, some people have heard the term negging it came from the game yeah. and for a while on all the tv shows or movies they would use that term basically to um to supposedly compliment somebody but insult them at the same time mm. right and so i said the problem of the game is i said is it it's um it relies on making the woman feel insecure, mm -hmm. you know, insulting her, putting her down, dominating her. So I said, if you can filter that stuff out, there is some good stuff from there. And the same thing with Andrew Tate. If you filter out all the bad stuff, there are good lessons to be, you know, to be found, but most people won't do that. Whether, yeah. especially when they're younger, as you yeah. say, younger kids are accessing this more than ever before. Yeah. And they don't have the cognitive ability or the developmental right. status to be able to interpret this stuff properly. And that's the problem too. And um, we'll talk about this interestingly in a, in a future podcast as far as what's happening with exposure to, to things like this on social media with young kids and their brains and so on. Um, but let's go back to this, this idea of insecurity. Um, it's creating insecurity in women, but I believe that a big part of this is insecurity in men. They don't know what to do. 
and not to overgeneralize, but I think that this, a lot of this, you know, uh, macho type behavior, Andrew Tate type behavior um, comes from an insecurity of not knowing how to be a man and, and what to do. Right. And the interesting thing is that, and I'm not going to diagnose Andrew Tate, I want to be very clear on this, of course. but many of the people that uh, these young men are seeing are, let's say, either narcissistic or might have outright narcissistic personality disorder. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing, or sad actually, that people think that narcissists have such great self-esteem, yeah, yeah. confident. It's like, no. It's quite the opposite. It's the opposite. Yeah. They're not aware of it. Yeah. No. Gun to head, narcissists believe that they have the greatest self-esteem. They're leaders. They're, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're grandiose. Yeah. But in reality, it's, you know, it, it's covering up mm -hmm. this, this terrible insecurity. They're yeah. terrified of ever knowing anything about themselves truly, their, their weaknesses, their vulnerabilities, their fears. And more importantly, they're terrified of ever ex being exposed yeah. to others. Right. Yeah. So people are taking their cues. And again, I'm not saying Andrew Tate is a narcissist himself. No. But there are many, you know, diagnosable narcissists mm -hmm. out there and the, the, the successful ones, they come across as confident, yeah. smooth, yeah. engaging, yeah. appealing. That's the whole nature of the condition. That's exactly it. Yeah. And, and again, and, you know, even high functioning people often cannot discern, yeah. right, true confidence from the narcissistic bravado. Mm -hmm. yeah. So why would a young person be able to do right. so? Right. Right. Yeah. So like always, we uh, want to take this in a positive direction. So. What do we do with this? What can people do to, you know, be critical in their consumption of Andrew Tate's media? Because like we started out with, there's, there's some value to it, but what can people do? Well, first of all, they have to know what are they looking for? Okay. Like, like really, you know, if you're going, let's say on dates, are you looking for a long-term partner? Are you looking, you know, just to hook up? Are you looking for some fun? Are you, like, know what you're looking for, first of all, and see whether whatever you're consuming really will help you get that in yeah. theory. Like yeah. before you even start digging in, is this what I want? More importantly than what I want is know yourself. To know yourself is to not look at the Andrew Tates of the world. They're all, it's all fluff. That's yeah. all, right? Smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Go for some resources, whether it's, and, and I'm not trying to push a certain mentality, but whether it's mindfulness, whether mm -hmm. it's meditation, whether, whether it's Buddhism, yeah. um, and, and look into those uh, principles. See what it means to be a solid human being. Yeah. Again, within yourself. First within yourself. And then as we always talk about, then for society or for yeah. the people around you, yeah. right? So do, try to do all those things. And by the way, uh, as you're saying about being critical, uh, when it comes to Buddhism, yoga, mindfulness, wellness, and all that, mm -hmm. the fact is, I'm just going to throw out a random number, I'm making it up, but I would say maybe 80 to 95% of those people are fraudsters themselves. They are mm. grifters. Mm. They don't know, most, some of them know it, but many of them do not. And the right. funny thing is here we're talking about the Andrew Tate, the hyper alpha male yeah. and, and the, uh, let's say the sham, the sham that it is. Right. Well, then you have these other men. Yeah. They're so kind and gentle, but grifters have been around for as long as people have been around. Exactly. Yeah. And again, some of them know what they're doing, but others are totally clueless mm -hmm. and they end up being some of the worst monsters. And again, people, uh, they don't, they, they don't understand this. They don't know this. The person looks so yeah. Calm, but because the person doesn't know himself, right? He has the capacity to do horrible things. Right. And I've had so many patients who've fallen prey to that. Yeah. So it's that. And one more thing about know what you're looking for. I got to say, going back to the feminization of psychology, I have had in the last, let's say, year or two, more and more women come to me as patients. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes it's a mother, mm -hmm. believe it or not, a mother sending her, you know, her daughter yeah. and saying, 
like that they, she's seen what therapy has become right. or, you know, or she's heard my videos and she mm-hmm. goes, I think my daughter needs to hear this from you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I'm having more women say that they're going, I'm tired of these, these, uh, these female therapists. And again, I'm not shitting on them. You're a no, female therapist. I, I'm one of them. Right. <laughs> it's not about the sex. It's about how they comport themselves. Mm-hmm. And again, when they, when they have a very narrow one track mind where it's all about this approach, where it's all people's problems can be dealt with this way, or I need yeah. to get them to act a certain way. That's again, as we said earlier, it's not adaptable. No. So anyway, so I just want to throw that in there that I've, I'm having more and more women say thank you yeah. because they see in me healthy, I hope, healthy masculinity. Yeah. And I also have my femininity as well. Right. I am compassionate. Yeah. I am soft when it needs to be, you know, yeah. I need to be soft. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll echo what you said there as far as what can people do first and foremost, embrace both sides. You know, we've spoken before about my masculine side and my feminine side and they live in harmony, which is what makes me a healthy human being. And to that point, it's about knowing oneself, right? Knowing what you want, as you said, but also knowing oneself and having that deep level of introspection of who am I, what do I want, and where am I going? Right. And by the way, with so many of my patients, male or female, I say, for example, if somebody is, let's say, they don't have great comedic timing, they're not quick-witted, they just don't have that. I say, don't try to be like that. I say, watch stand-up comedians, model, learn. There's lots of resources out there. I mean, there's the internet, right? And see if you can improve a little yeah. bit in that area, improve in A, B, yeah. C, D areas. Yeah. But if that's not your greatest strength, capitalize on what that is. It Absolutely. doesn't have to be something like this. Yeah. And, and that's really important. That goes back to know yourself, know your strengths, mm-hmm. learn to be comfortable with them. Yeah. And don't try too hard. Yeah. And and be yourself, right? It's, you know, growth and change are certainly really important, but be true to who you are. And as you said, develop those strengths that you have. Right. Um, one thing though, when when you say about be yourself, one thing I always tell my patients, especially when they go on dates, I go, don't be yourself, <laughs> right? I say, be yourself inside, know yourself. But everybody, we have a persona. We yeah. always put something out there. So, sure. right. So be true to yourself. Yes. Be true to yourself. True to yourself. Yeah. But don't be your full self. Nobody yeah. wants to see your real not, self. Not just yet. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Right. Yeah. There's some performance to that. Yeah. Um, but again, if you're trying too hard to be somebody that you're not um, or someone that you're, that doesn't align with your values, somebody that you're doing things that, you know, maybe it'll get you some success. But afterwards, you feel dirty, you feel ashamed, yeah. feel guilt. You know, why would you want to do that to yourself? Yeah. That short-term pleasure is not worth the long-term shame afterwards. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, wow, I didn't think we'd spend that much time talking about Andrew Tate, but I think that's a good place to leave it. I believe so. So, until next time, keep your eyes on the road and your hands upon the wheel. As much as we love listening to ourselves speak, especially me, uh, we would love to hear from you as well. So our emails are in the description below. If you would please write to us with your questions, feedback, comments, topics that you'd like us to cover. We can do this together, the two of us, but it's much better if we do it together. So we look forward to hearing from you. And we are going to have a segment called Rounds Table, where we're going to discuss the, the um, feedback and the questions and so on from our audience. And we will, uh, we will take it to the next level, we're going to help you be able to deal with some of these issues that you might be bringing us, or it's going to be a topic for us to explore together. And we really look forward to building a community, a community of like-minded people who want to do right by others, not just for themselves.